Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Welcome to the You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host, Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And welcome to Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Yes, since last we spoke, we were discussing Halloween 3, which had nothing to do with Michael Myers at all. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. He was in it, but not really in it. Right. If you recall. He was more of a byproduct. Yes. He was a advertisement on the TV. Right. And had nothing to do with it because that's what John Carpenter wanted. Well, no, John Carpenter didn't want to do Michael Myers as a series. He wanted to do standalone Halloween movies. That's right. And he no longer got his way. The studio stepped in. Mm -hmm, Because people did not like it. And said, nope. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Do you want to start with a summary? Yeah. Okay. So 10 years ago, he changed the face of Halloween. Now he's back. He's back. Dun, dun, dun. 10 years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Michael! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God! Who's going to be next? Halloween 4. 
the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. The apparently comatose Michael Myers is being transferred from one hospital to another, but he wakes up when the ambulance crew talk about his surviving niece, Jamie. (gasps) Twist. After slaughtering his attendants, Myers sets out to find his one living relative who is, fortunately, being cared for by a kind and resourceful foster sister named Rachel. Meanwhile, the ever-cautious Dr. Loomis remains on the killer's path. Yes, he does. As always. Always got Dr. Loomis in there, right? Yep. Never one thinking he's crazy. Per usual. Per the usual, yes. So this movie, once again, had an R rating, which you would expect from many of these movies. Yes. It's genre, once again, we have it under holiday horror, which still will continue to make me laugh a little inside. Director on this one is Dwight H. Little. Okay. Director, producer Paul Freeman. And this movie came out right around Halloween, October 21st, 1988. All right. So you were four years old. Yes, I was. And I was still a very small infant. No, baby. Yeah. When are you not an infant anymore after a year? I don't know. I have no idea. I was like just over a year old. So there you go. The movie grossed $6.8 million in its opening weekend. And its overall box office gross in the U.S. was $17.9 million on a $5 million budget. $5 million budget. So it didn't make its money back. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of budget than compared to what they had the first film. It still is kind of funny to think about how much it grew. Yes. As a franchise. Very much so. <sighs> its runtime is an hour, 28 minutes, and it was distributed by Anchor Bay Entertainment. Okay. Because remember... Universal, Universal was like, what are you guys doing with this when the third one came out? Right. And they were quickly like, we'll pass. We're well, going to okie doke you guys. Until later. Quick. Until later, they will return. But Anchor Bay Entertainment took this one up. Ratings wise, this one has a 33% critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a 53% audience score. And on IMDb, it's a 5.8 out of 10. Okay. So it's, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this movie was filmed in Salt Lake City. Utah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Home of the Mormons. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess, I mean, Salt Lake is like a normal city. So if Mm -hmm. they have the money, they're going to come through. I'm Mm -hmm. sure even the Mormons could get jobs on sets. Maybe. That's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. That it was filmed in Salt Lake City. Yep, that's what they said. Wow. Cast. So we're going to hit some of the highlights on this one. We've got Donald Pleasance returning as Samuel Loomis once again. Ellie Cornell was Rachel Carruthers. That was the foster sister that we were just mentioning. Danielle Harris is Jamie Lloyd. Very important character in this movie. Michael Myers is played by George P. Wilbur. Once again, switching it up. Yeah. Like every movie. It's a different Michael Myers. Yeah. Michael Pataki was Dr. Hoffman. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of change up. A lot of change from up. From the the last couple movies. Yeah. I'm not gonna go through the whole cast list, but yeah, those are the main main people, I feel like. Yeah. In the movie. I would agree with that. All right. So you want some filming facts? Yes, I do. Okay. 
series creator John Carpenter wrote a treatment for this film that had a more ghostly psychological approach to the Michael Myers mythos. I'm going to pause here. I think that's very interesting that it was more psychological because the very controversial final movie in the most recent trilogy, mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, uh-huh. no, Halloween Ends. Wow. Halloween, Halloween Ends. ends yeah. I feel like that was kind of the idea. Intent. Yeah. It was like a psychological yeah. sort of thing. So I would agree with that. I just thought that was interesting that that was the original treatment for this one. So back to this movie for John Carpenter's version. It concerned the town of Haddonfield and what effect the events of the first two films had on its citizens. This concept was later rejected by producers in favor of the typical slasher fair, at which point Carpenter left the film, making this the first in the series that had no participation from him. So again, I think it's interesting that he did this way back for this movie. And then I feel like that's what kind of came about for Halloween ends. He was a producer though, even Mm -hmm. though he didn't really participate well, he's in the still filming. getting money off of this company. yeah he's a producer so he's i should clarify money. that he still gets money from this yeah absolutely the michael myers mask was continually altered throughout production mostly at the behest of the producers for the film one day in between takes a producer asked horn to make the mask eyes bigger and he explained there's no way i can widen the eyes and change the filter within three minutes of when we're filming because if we do the glue would be fresh and then the actor underneath it would actually faint and fall over and kill himself. Oof. That's extreme. <sighs> so the producer actually relented and there was no time to safely make the changes that day. However, that was the final straw for the producer who later fired Horn in front of the entire crew. Ooh, that would suck. What he forgot, though, is that a Fangoria magazine writer was actually visiting the set that same day. Oops. The writer knew Horn and was sympathetic to the stress that he was under and went to the producer with an ultimatum. Either rehire Horn immediately or Fangoria will do nothing to help promote the movie at all. So Horn was quickly back on the team for Morga, who who supported him. He was eventually fired for good and replaced with George Wilbur. So, yeah, there you go. Fun behind the scenes. Yeah. Filming thing is kind of crazy. Yeah. This is the film debut of Danielle Harris, who, as we said, plays Jamie, like the most important character in this entire film. She was involved Michael. in two Michael Myers. Yeah, she's in movies. the next one as He's, well. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they should bring her back. You think? I think for the next round of sequels. Like or, continue with this yeah, series? Yeah, with the sequel yeah, series. I think they should bring her back. You never know. They just do whatever they want with Michael, so. Right. Yeah. Due to budgetary reasons, this was the first Halloween film to be shot in the 1.85 to 1 aspect ratio. Budgetary reasons? That's what They had a said. $5 million budget. I don't know. Wow. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. This film is the first time Michael Myers is credited with his name as opposed to being credited credited as The Shape. Oh, really? I don't know why they did that. Though. I don't know why they did that either. No. It's not like he spoke. Yeah. The film marked screenwrite, the screenwriting debut of Alan B. McElroy. He was previously a fan of the series and reportedly had enjoyed both of the first two Halloween films, and he jumped at the opportunity to write a sequel. It took him 11 days to develop the concept and to complete his script. Okay. That's pretty quick. Yeah. 
The film marked the first time that director Dwight H. Little shot a film under union rules, and he was previously known as a non-union director, and he often used amateur actors. That makes sense if you're an amateur. Yeah. Obviously not for this go-around, but I thought that was interesting as well. Alan Haworth, the film's composer, referenced the music score of the original Halloween film, but included included a synthesizer twist. I feel like that's a very 80s thing to do. Very much so. Honestly, every 80s, everything. Yeah. Had that synthesizer type feel to it. Yes. As filming was taking place in March during the springtime, the producers were forced to import leaves and big squash, which they used to create pumpkins by painting them orange. (laughs) <laughs> which was also done during the original Halloween, like we had talked about. Because so they had to do it again. You don't shoot a movie in October for release in October. No, that would be a bit difficult. That would. A quick editing time. Very fast. Mm-hmm. All right, you want some killer facts? Let's get some killer facts. All right, body count on this one, 19, including the dog. Okay. That's a little bit up. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. All right. So deaths that we have counted. Attendant Jay Black had a thumb through the forehead. Very fun. L. Evans and two paramedics, their bodies were just found in an ambulance crash. Okay. A mechanic, he was stabbed with a metal rod. Waitress, her body was found by Loomis. Yeah. Bucky was electrocuted to death by a transformer. Yeah. Deputy Pierce was found ripped apart. Two police officers, along with Deputy Pierce, were also found ripped apart, I should say. Ted Hollister was shot to death. Logan and Kelly were found found dead by Kelly with blood on his face and stabbed with a shotgun barrel. So, wow. yeah, if you remember, that was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah, that whole bit with the shotgun barrel was pretty gruesome. For, for the time period, that mm-hmm. was a really gruesome death. Yeah, so Kelly found him, Logan and then got it, so. Brady's neck was broken. Oren, Allen, Unger, and Earl were stabbed in the backside and thrown from a moving truck. It's very fun. And neck ripped off for Earl. So, yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times at the Michael Myers. Michael Myers house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Daniel Harris wouldn't be scared, George P. Wilbur, who was our shape in this one, or Michael, he would often lift up his mask between takes to remind her that they were just making a movie and he was not really going to hurt her. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, because like, she was very funny. young at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very a kid. She actually has a horror podcast. Oh yeah, she does. She, her, and the girl that played in the Rob Zombie mm-hmm. Michael Myers right? Halloween, they do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've My- tried to reach out to them several times to get oh. them on the podcast, but they're hard to get a hold of. Probably because they're doing their own thing. Maybe. Michael doesn't acquire his trademark butcher knife until one hour and nine minutes into the film, and then he only kills two people with it. (laughs) So we always picture him with the knife, but he doesn't really use it in this movie. This was the first Halloween movie with the highest kill count. Ah, I said that. With 17 people killed by Michael until surpassed by Halloween kills in 2021. Okay. Which makes sense because, I mean, Halloween kills, like, that's in the name. Yes. It should be the highest kill count. Absolutely. In this film, Michael Myers makes several preparations before starting to hunt down his niece. He disabled Haddonfield's telephone lines, preventing the use of telephones to call for reinforcement. 
He disabled the electrical power station to create a blackout townwide, and he uses a surprise attack on the town's only police station to eliminate most opposition to his plans. This version of Michael is depicted as more of a schemer than his previous ones. You have to admit, Michael Myers is actually pretty smart. Mm -hmm. Very smart. He knows how to kill people and how to cover his tracks. I mean, especially in this movie. Especially, yeah. Yeah, like they said, he used a big planner on this one. Maybe it's not this one. Maybe it's the next one I'm thinking, but they make the cops. No, it is the next one. Then the next one, they come back. They make the cops look even dumber in that one. I think so. Yeah. So George P. Wilbur, who we said was cast as Michael Myers for the film, wore hockey pads under his costume so that he would look more physically imposing. Okay. That's interesting. Who knew? We do have some horror movie references in this one as well. Okay. A scene was filmed to bridge the story with Halloween 2 from 1981. It would have been a flashback to the finale of part two with a scene where Loomis is being tended to by paramedics when he sees the burning body of the shape. Loomis would exclaim to the EMS technicians to let him burn, but they obviously don't. They douse the flaming body of Myers despite his pleas. And this moment was actually added to Halloween Kills with Lori saying the line after she sets her house on fire with Michael trapped at the end. Right, let it burn. Mm -hmm. burn. So they kind of moved that around. But that would have been the bridge originally to basically explain how Loomis and Michael survived or show it. I'm assuming that scene was not in it though. No. They cut it for probably time. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I'm assuming. I hate that when they actually film things to bridge the gap and then they don't and they don't use, use it. it instead you're just like well how did they survive you're just supposed to be like oh whatever whatever yeah the drugstore set used in this movie was also used in stephen king's the stand from 1994. they do reuse movie stand or sets do. in hollywood and for his role as michael myers actor george p wilbur was often filmed in mirror reflections or off center so the audience rarely got a full view of the character to add an air of mystery to him. I think it worked. Yeah. I mean, I do think that makes it spookier when it's yeah. kind of like crooked off center. Yeah. It adds to the, the feel of the movie. Absolutely. The death of Brady is a clear nod to the death of Gary from John Carpenter's The Thing, as he's killed by Michael Myers in the same way that The Thing killed Gary. So there you go. Another reference to mm-hmm. The Thing. Constant John Carpenter movie John Carpenter's loves to intertwine his movies. He's not even part of this movie, and he still gets a reference. But you can't have Halloween without John Carpenter. He's so iconic to the horror genre itself. I agree. So special effects on this movie. John Carl Buchler was hired as the film's special effects artist because of his rising reputation for creating great effects for horror films within 19... 88 alone, he provided effects for films Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and then obviously Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Special effects there you go. are one of the hardest things to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. To actually make it look real, you have yeah. to give them props. The people that do it, mm-hmm. I commend them. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very challenging. It's hard. Mm-hmm coming up with different ways. Yeah. I mean, man. I agree. It's impressive. Very much so. After viewing a rough edit of the film, it was decided that the movie was too soft. So the producers brought in special effects expert John, well, John Carr Buchler, Buchler 
for one day of extra blood filming. The thumb and the forehead and the rednecks had getting twisted were both done by him. Okay. So I actually brought him in just to do a whole day of just special effects. To make the movie gorier, gorier more yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. I can see that. The scene in which Michael kills the mechanic was originally shown with Michael stabbing the mechanic in the throat with a crowbar, but was ultimately cut because it was too gory. What? Really? They're all over the place with this movie, I swear. Literally, just everywhere. Because when you walk in, he's already dead. Mm-hmm. You don't see him. Well, because it was too gory. It, because it cuts, they but cut they it But they added gore to it. It's just. This is the movie with, this isn't the movie with the big white mask, right? That's, that's the, the next one. That's the next one, yeah. Yeah, because I have info as to why the mask is a little bit different in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So some general trivia. Danielle Harris actually sold her clown costume to a fan. Really? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. pretty cool. And she revealed in 25 years of terror that when her character runs through the neighborhood screaming for help, someone legitimately called the cops. I was banging on doors, yelling for someone, help me, help me after I got lost trick or treating or something. So at four o'clock in the morning, they're hearing a little, basically a little girl screaming up the streets and someone called the cops. The cops came, <laughs> then the story ended up in the inquirer that I was almost kidnapped off the set. That's funny. But it was just her filming the scene. She wasn't almost kidnapped. There was nothing happening to her. That's pretty funny. Yeah. You think they would warn these people, like, there's going to be a little girl screaming for help. Salt Lake. At four in the morning, but it's okay. We're here. We're on set. Right. Right. It's crazy. Mike Lookinland, who was Bobby Brady on the Brady Bunch in 1969, was a production assistant. His wife, Kelly, played the dead waitress. Bobby from the Brady Bunch. This was a random thing. I that remember. is very random. He's Everybody's inter- interconnected in Hollywood. Yep. I mean, once you actually start working, mm-hmm. once you're on, mm-hmm. you'll always be on. Yep. There you go. So he was a production assistant. Jamie Lee Curtis reportedly had no interest in reprising her role as Laurie Strode. So the fourth film's leading female character of Jamie Lloyd was developed and made to be her daughter in replacement essentially for Jamie Lee Curtis. Lori herself was supposedly killed in a car accident 11 months before the events of the film. But they quickly undo that as they do in the Halloween series. Oh, we're just kidding. It depends what movie you're watching. And what timeline. Yep, exactly. Oh my gosh. All right, so... Oh, and then the writer, Alan B. McElroy, mm-hmm. he was the state trooper at the ambulance crash site around 16 minutes into the film. That's so cool. So he made his own cameo. That's very cool. Why not if you're going to write on the movie? Why not? Mm-hmm. All right, so I have some quotes for you. Not a lot of quotes, honestly, for these movies because it's just more like watching right. Michael stab people and right. kill them. That's the main premise, so. I did save some quotes. So Sheriff Meeker says, how could a man do this, Loomis? Tell me. And Dr. Loomis says, this isn't a man. Sheriff Meeker says, what what is he? Tell me. What the hell are we dealing with? And Dr. Loomis says, evil. Evil. Yeah. Pretty good summary, Michael. Mm -hmm. So then there's an attendant who says, I'd assume Dr. Loomis would be here. Michael Myers is still his patient. And then Dr. Hoffman replies, if Loomis read memos, he'd be here. Fortunately, his position is more ceremonial than medical. And with Myers gone, my hope is that he'll either transfer, retire, or die. That's so terrible. Yeah. Very much so. Loomis. But guess what? He holds on. 
he makes it through. So doesn't Dr. Hoffman die? Wasn't he one of the people that was yes. killed in this? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I I think he was. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember for sure. I'm trying to see if I have it listed. Maybe not. If if you know, let, let us know in the comments below. Mm, yeah, but he should have died regardless because he's rude. All right. So because he's rude, he yeah. should die. So that's a direct quote the from the four, podcast. Before I ask you the trivia question, so don't look at that. Uh, what do you want to say about your feelings on this movie? Um, it wasn't. It was an all right, Michael it's Myers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see the ratings how they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, every film in the franchise is iconic, but I can understand how it got its ratings, mm-hmm. and I uh, I would agree with it. Yeah, I agree with the ratings. The concept is interesting. Having this little girl be chased by Michael and then the ending of the film that's when she stabs her mother right yes and they show her and she's yes. like did she because, kill her or she, she just stabbed uh, her I feel like she, the mother didn't die did she no she didn't die okay so she stabbed her because he Michael Myers touched her at the end of it yeah and so, then they transferred some of his evilness in. Ex- except they build all this up at the end of this movie mm-hmm. and then the next one just fizzles out just wanders off yeah they didn't they didn't use the momentum they build up at the end of this to carry on to the next one no i feel like there was a lot of story building and potential that then they just disregard going forward absolutely i would agree with that yeah and i mean whenever you have a movie that's trying to set up a new storyline it's it takes time sometimes for that so i i can forgive it a little bit for that but not for what they did after right it could have been a far better movie yeah i just you know with jamie lee not coming back i get it you need to have something else going on i guess to make michael come back so i understand what they were trying to do especially with her not having any interest in returning at this time at this movie yeah but i don't know it just it wasn't the best no i understand no but it's okay yeah it's a it's a good slasher movie if you just want to watch michael kill people i mean like i said the shotgun thing was pretty good one of the better better i know we're not there yet was h2o michael myers h2o was that the one with um josh hartnett yes yes okay Yes, we're not there yet. No, we're, I can't we'll, keep all these stupid we'll, movies. We'll get straight. there soon, but I, I like that one of the, he. That's one of the better Michael Myers. It's movies better than this one. In the, absolutely. Yeah, not just because Jamie Lee is back. I just I think it was better. I mean, I think Danielle did a great job. Oh yeah, I think she got child. a break mm-hmm. for these two movies. Mm-hmm. Again, she's still working. She has her own podcast. Yeah. If you can remember what the podcast is, please comment in the comments below. I I think their audio is terrible. When I listen to it, I'm just like you should I'm not bad mouth another podcast. I'm not trying to, but you kind of are though. But from a technical standpoint, oh I'm just goodness. like, dude, your audio is killing me. But if you can remember it, oh my gosh. Say it in the comments I'm below. I'm sure I will just add it to the show notes. Yes. For we'll, you. we'll we'll add a link to it. Yeah, since you're bashing it so much, I'm not bashing it. I oh I I'm I'm a fan of their their podcast. We uh, we listen to mm-hmm. it as well. Anyways, so overall, the 
I think generally the storyline on this is not particularly memorable. Right. It's part of the problem too, is it's like, eh, you know, you kind of remember parts of it, but there's nothing in this that stuck out to me quite as much. No, I agree. As some of the other movies do. I agree. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good one to turn on in the background. Yeah, it's good to pass out candy to on Halloween. You're not going to miss much. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, but just don't have it on where the children can see. Right. It's a bit violent for that. Right. It's good if you want to just see Michael Myers kill people. Yeah. That and Halloween kills. Yeah, don't pay too much attention to the storyline because it really doesn't matter. You no, know it doesn't. At the end of the day. Nothing actually carries over it into Mm-mm. another movie. It's Mm-mm. just all self-contained. No. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, do you want to do some trivia? Let's do some trivia. Okay. So Jamie Lloyd is holding what at the end of Halloween 4? A knife. just talked about this. No. no. She did not stab her with a knife. She had the clown. She does have her clown outfit on, but she's not holding a knife. I don't know. She used scissors. S- that's right. It was scissors. Yes. That is scissor. That's yeah, right. Not like Michael. She switched it up. She used some scissors. That's right. I do remember now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't Dr. Loomis like want to shoot her too? Yes. I forgot was, about that. He was I down in there remember that. and she tries to stab her. And he's like ready to shoot her and the cop's right. like, no. No, no. Yeah. Right. That probably would have been a bad take to shoot a child, but. Right. I understand the thought. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Loomis, you know. Okay, so Dr. Loomis sees and shoots Michael Myers where in Halloween 4? It was just him and just Michael. Where did they have like a little showdown? Wasn't in the, tried to shoot him. He was at the gas station. It was a gas station, what, yes. Didn't he try to shoot him in the head? Yeah. Yeah, that's Dr. What Loomis. But he's he must not be very a good terrible at shooting shot. Michael Myers. He's shot him a lot and not done a great job. So. Right. Although Michael can't really die, so there's that point. Right. Anyway. All right. And then, if you'll remember, Dr. Loomis was kind of ditched then along the side of the road. Right. And he needed to hitch a ride. With so, the priest. With a reverend, yes. Close yes. enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. Priest, reverend, because yeah. Because the, the cheerleaders made they fun were, of him they, they were gonna like pull they were over gonna stop and then they and they just kept going it's very mean to doctor children Lewis. children very do rude. that but yeah he got a ride with the priests yeah the priest was kind of weird though well but look at doctor dr loomis he's dr. Weird loomis as well. is very weird to pick up along the side would you honestly if you're driving by and you saw a man like that would you pick him up no neither would i i would not i'd be like well you can call a cab. I think because a lot of horror movies, I wouldn't pick up anybody along the side of the road unless no, I, I specifically knew the person. No, I agree with that. You know, like it's you, Ashley. I'm not going to lie. Someone I personally like, know. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking up any hitchhikers. No. I'm sorry, bro. These movies I, have taught you otherwise. Yeah, that's how accidents happen. Don't pick up the hitchhiker. Don't open your door in the middle of the night. No. Yep. There's lots of things you should learn from these movies not to do. You're right. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up Halloween 4. Not memorable. Not memorable. It's all right. I keep, it keeps bleeding over to the next one. That's why it, it keeps popping in my head. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm just saying this isn't too memorable. It's really not. But it's just not a, it's it, okay. The next one is the, the curse of Michael Myers. Yes. But I don't think this is the worst one in the franchise, which I guess at some point we'll have to rank them when we yeah. get to the ends of these. Well, what we I would put this Scream. at the very bottom, but it definitely is not a memorable movie. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you guys want to rank your uh, top movies in the franchise, in the Halloween franchise, where, where where would you rank each film? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Yeah, we'll be getting there in a while. <laughs> we get to and the, we'll, we'll make a comment. Ends. I guess what we should do is rank. Maybe we can do like a ranking of the series. Yeah. The timeline. Maybe that would be easier to do than the 10,000 movies that the franchise contains. We'll do this on our YouTube channel. We'll we'll do the poll yeah. on our YouTube. Yeah, we can do so, a YouTube video about it. And no, then... I'm not saying a YouTube video. We can do a video, but I'm just saying I can do polls. Oh, I don't know how our... to do the YouTubes. So. so definitely, if you're not subscribed to Limitless Broadcasting's Check YouTube channel, like and subscribe and turn on all the notifications. He does lots of live videos on weird shit. So. so, yeah, I do. Not all of it's. Not all of it is weird. Super, super weird. It's different. It's different kind of content. So yes. if you're interested in that, check it out. Like the other day, we talked about CERN, mm-hmm. and then we talked about glitches in the Matrix and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if you're a big fan of that, head over to our YouTube channel. So we have some exciting news. We just released our newest podcast. Yes. On our YouTube channel, it's and- called. The audio should be out if it's not out yet very shortly. It's called the Amateur Stoner. Mm-hmm. If you've ever tuned into the painful truth of living with chronic pain, we've had Phil on. Yes. And Phil is a chronic pain survivor patient, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah. And uh, this is his podcast. Yep. So if you want to check it out, it's only available right now on our YouTube channel. So go check that out. Well, as I said, the audio may be out now. Yeah, oh, well, when you hear when we when we release this, yeah, yeah. the audio mm-hmm. will be out. So yeah, you'll hopefully be able I'll to, get my life together and have it edited and out. You'll be able to find that in all the major mm-hmm. podcast platforms. Yep. But it's the in a, amateur stoner. Amateur stoner. It has a cat in the photo, so you'll know you have a great one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to shout out? No. No. That. All thank right. you for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah, for more of the storyline. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950 Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week! <laughs>